This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Okay, that was a really, really fun game. Probably the best example of what you would hope the Raptors are going to do this year. If they're going to succeed, they're going to make life really, really tough on a bunch of wings and guards, and they're going to contend the best they can with the bigs on the the opposing roster. Just a, a fantastic performance. 107-92, to 92, the Raptors defeat the Houston Rockets. and. Uh, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet appear to be done for the preseason. It's all young guns from here on out, as if it wasn't prior to that, right? It's a, it's a very young team, I think. Fourth least amount of NBA minutes played among NBA rosters. That's your Toronto Raptors. There's a lot of change going on. It's looking different, but it's a very fun brand of basketball. I am Samson Folk. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, let's get into the game. Leaning on what they were best at, and what they are currently best at is being long and like-sized. A bunch of guys who are very similar in body structure, making every single action, particularly above the break for the the Rockets, very, very difficult to work through. They switched openly. Guys like Precious Achua, Kem Birch, particularly Precious, doing a very good job hanging with guys like Kevin Porter Jr., or Jalen Green, who are both known as explosive athletes, and particularly with Kevin Porter Jr., one of the best handlers in the league. Watch him dribble. It is, it's a beautiful thing. Kevin Porter Jr., he's a hell of an on-ball player. But the Raptors, they complicated all those actions. They got out on the break early, and they had transition and defense to fuel them early on, mixed in with a little bit of that, you know, competency and that calmness that Fred Van Vliet has always brought. But new and showing up in that regard is OG Ananobi, who has always been a very calming presence offensively, but that was off ball. He'd have a timely cut. He'd hit the open shots. They'd use him, you know, when they'd structure their offensive sets, they'd use him as a guy for spacing. Now on ball, dependable, scoring, getting to the line, throwing guys off of him, like get off me, dunking, hitting step back triples. There is a lot to like here. And since this is the last time we'll see OG before uh, opening tip on the 20th, presumably, so 
October 20th, mark it on your calendars. That's opening night. You probably have already, but let's discuss OG Ananobi because as far as preseason basketball goes, I don't think you could have asked for anything more from him. As far as what you're looking for him to flash and what you want to see from OG Ananobi, the, the, maintaining his defensive potency, of course, point to wing, wing to point passes. He's a ball hawk. He's still stonewalling guys in isolation and is an extremely affecting and potent help side defender rotating over. There was one play where he hit a three spot up in this game, ran back to track Jalen Green back defensively, and then beat him to the punch climbing over a screen that was sent for set for Green, denied the pass, tracked him back down low, and then shaded defensively the rest of the possession. That is a quintessential OG Ananobi play or run of play. Only now, that stuff is being coupled, tripled, quadrupled with what he's showing off the bounce. Particularly in that game against Boston, you're looking at a guy who's getting the ball, hunting it in late shot clock scenarios, busting out dribble moves, like pound dribble sidestep triples. He took Al Horford off the bounce, got to a mid-range step back, looked very comfortable doing numerous different types of attacks. And in this game, started pushing downhill and getting the free throw line, which was basically the only thing that was missing up until this point. It His game has been a feast for the eyes. I'm, I'm fairly certain he closed out preseason with a true shooting percentage greater than 70%, which, just for the record, is an absurd number. He's not going to be at 70% this year. This is like prime Steph Curry is getting close to that and hanging around that, and everybody's wondering how the hell somebody could ever be such an offensive engine. So OG is not going to stay there. But to see him, I don't have his per 36 numbers, but 17 points in 16 minutes and 59 seconds tonight. So a little bit over a point a minute by the smallest possible fraction you could have on a basketball court. Just the control he's shown. And the awareness for when to insert himself as an offensive weapon has been jaw-dropping. Uh, we There's been a lot of dialogue about Pascal Siakam, who for the record has done just an amazing job of progressing as a player in the NBA. But last year, he was having trouble knowing when to apply himself. And certainly it's easier for OG in a preseason game. And the Raptors also play fairly loose with this style with so many unproven guys. but. Pascal Siakam is figuring out with his litany of skills how to apply them and in what order and how to keep the defense off balance. And currently, during this whole preseason, OG Ananobi kept defenses off balance and did it with a very versatile skill set. We have not seen that from OG Ananobi before. Everything, like to see him hit, and this is something I tracked last year, something if you've listened to podcasts you've heard me mention, I can't remember his 29 or 30 pull-up attempts that he missed in a row. Something funky happened. He's still like absolutely a great shooter and was even through that stretch. But to have your pull-up game go completely away is a little bit disconcerting. And to see him return, particularly in the post, the preseason, and kind of from the outset say, this is something I'm working on. The volume is going to come from here, among other places and that he has hit a pull-up three. And with Boston, with this game, we're seeing multiple. 
every single game that he has just said the pull up is now part of it and it's going to, and it's here to stay with OG's already burgeoning set of skills that is particularly potent and he's shown I think a great sense for when to pick and choose how he's going to exact a possession against Al Horford sure he gets the switch in the pick and roll he steps it back to the corner hits a step back three he hit one I can't remember against which defender in this game uh a step back three in the corner but when he gets Sangoon on him above the break he's not pulling up for a three the same way he's done to Bam Adebayo, the same way he's done to Damana Sabonis, countless other bigs, the ball is going on the floor, and he's getting to the bucket. And the big who stepped out on him stepped out to a death sentence. It's just, he's very hard to keep up with. He has long strides. He's getting more efficient at how he's directing himself towards the bucket, where he's picking up his dribble. He's, he is, man, he is developing and progressing at a pace that should have not even just people in Toronto, not even just Raptors fans, but NBA fans who enjoy when a new player kind of steps into his own and, you know, joins another tier of players, improves that much. NBA fans should start getting excited about OG Ananobi because he's flashing that much and doing it at such a hyper-efficient level that on some level it has to be real. It's not 70% true shooting real, but what he's shown, it's real. OG Ananobi, hell of a preseason, my guy, and capped off by a very slick, very professional 17 points in 16 minutes and 59 seconds tonight. Hell yeah to you, brother. And for anybody that wants to see a breakdown in written form with video analysis next to it, I will have a piece detailing OG's ascendance out this Friday. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so the game, because OG Ananobi, whether you like it or not, he provides the best look at the Raptors ceiling because if he is this guy or even close to this, it makes you kind of have to juggle in your mind around what you think the Raptors are. But guys like Scotty Barnes, Precious Atua, uh, Steve Mikhailuk, they were all fantastic in this game and each stood out in a different type of way. Precious Atua, I think defensively, this was my favorite game from him because... The Raptors, we have not seen anything to indicate that they can hang with big, big players yet. And that's that's the way they've built the roster. Kim Birch just came back for, you know, he played 17 minutes in this game. It was pretty muted. The, the best part of his game in this one was actually he made a couple really nice passes, one on the short roll, one in the open floor. But the Raptors have kind of consigned themselves to, consigned? Resigned. They've resigned themselves to the idea that they big guys are going to be something that they struggle with, but they're very clearly going to muck up and complicate a lot of other actions that involve a lot of other players. Precious Chua, his ability to hang with guards and wings in this game today, I thought was really, really so impressive. And defensively making a lot of great rotations as well. So you have him, you know, switching out onto guys and not getting got. And then making these timely help side rotations when he's the low man. That's awesome. And not to mention, when he grabs the board, he's teleporting to the rim on the other side. The, the handle appears way more advanced even than it was in Miami when it was being flashed. The handle is there. He's grabbing. He's going. It's a huge part of his game throughout this preseason. A, 
a very, very efficient way for him to get points, for him to affect the game. It's very much in his bag. Just a, a tantalizing game from him, honestly, with the defense, with the coast-to-coast efforts. He, he got the ball after an offensive rebound. It was passed out. Or sorry, not passed out. He got the ball after an offensive rebound. The hip swivel and spin to take it back towards the rim, way more agile than, and, you know, skilled than a player of his size typically is. Turned the corner on his defender, got free throws, I believe. And when we think about Precious Achua, and this is something I wrote in my A Word of Blurb piece, the part two that featured his write-up, was that there is basically no volume to indicate that he's going to be a shooter this year. And my take was that I expected him to be low volume from mid-range, but more so than he ever had been. I'm not expecting a ton from three. But you watch him in these preseason games, and he is so willing to pull. And the numbers coming back are good enough that you wonder, has he done it in one offseason? Or were the Miami Heat too obsessed with keeping his body fat percentage down and not getting his reps up in the gym with his jumper? Like, what the hell is going on here? Is this guy a sleeping dragon? And not everything translates from the preseason, and it's not always going to work out this way, but his jumper certainly looks a lot more advanced, and and the handle as well. It, It makes him a way more intriguing player than a lot of people would have thought. There were some people who were on Precious early and said, he's going to be a guy. Credit to you for sniffing that out, for seeing the the bones of a really intriguing game. But he's definitely showing it on a much larger scale now. And that's awesome. Super awesome to see. Fred, as per usual, just kind of do his thing. Get, getting the reps in, taking a shot here and again. But he's still kind of a, he's a funky fit currently because the Raptors aren't running pick and roll to find success. And Fred Van Vliet runs a lot of pick and roll. He's not, like, incredible at it. He's never returned super positive numbers, but he runs it a lot of the time. And that's, you know, the Raptors offense. A lot of Fred Van Vliet. Now they're getting out and running so much. And is that something you can predict? Is that something you can kind of bet the farm on that your team is going to be able to get out and run? Not really, because pace is fluid in a lot of games. They'll definitely be a fast team this year, but... Will they be able to control it in a meaningful game? That remains to be seen. And that's where Fred Van Vliet and his you know, little package of plays that he can run as a ball handler will be super, super useful. But so far, he has been, it has been a confusing fit for him with the Raptors. But, you know, he's a very good player. He, he is known as a good player by everybody, everybody in the league over. Uh, KD, Kevin Durant says he's stamped. Yeah, he is. He's a hell of a player. He'll figure it out when the games are more meaningful. But for now, he's just moving through preseason games. Gary Trent Jr. uh, is a shot maker. Always, you know, he can progress in other ways. And it remains to be seen how he will progress and how he's going to expand his offensive game. If that is simply having more counters that suit and service how he scores the ball and you know, what is available to him if he, you know, kind of opens up a little bit more of a playmaking verve, if he's better at grifting, all that kind of stuff. It remains to be seen how he's going to develop. But currently, he is a guy who is going to shoot a heavy, heavy dose of jumpers. And he's going to shoot better on those jumpers 
than the average NBA player. He can shoot the ball, particularly like if he gets the ball, a closeout comes, pound dribble to his left and spotting up from three. That's a really great shot for him. As far as defensively in this game, he was a hawk. He was attacking a lot of those passes, those lazy loping passes that the Rockets were throwing, and he wanted to get after it. So, And with that, I think he was doing a pretty good job of tracking off ball. The on-ball stuff, you know, he, he is an effort guy on ball. It's something you always see. It's not like he's stonewalling guys ever, though, but his defensive performance in this one I thought was a positive. I thought he was a plus on that end tonight. And which is awesome because that isn't the case or hasn't been the case in a lot of games. So to see something like that where he's hunting for opportunities without risking too much, finding that striking that balance, I think is particularly important for a guy like Gary Trent Jr. And had a couple nice cuts as well. Nice to see a, even though it wasn't as good a game shooting from the floor as he's had in the preseason, I think overall floor game. This might have been his best. But of course, he's tied to what he shoots from the floor because that's such a big part of what he does. So uh, Gary Trent Jr., some things to like, some things to, you just have to make peace with with some of his limitations. But pretty, pretty happy with his performance tonight. And now, you know, one of the most likable men in the world, Scotty Barnes, just <laughs> defensively was a, a problem, I would say. For the Rockets, anytime he was sharing the side of the floor that the ball was on, he was doing a pretty good job of crowding any action they were trying to run. This resulted in a few steals. He was doing a fantastic job, albeit not with a ton of rebounds in this game, but grab and go. His recognition for when Precious was up the floor and knowing to get the ball to him there. And Scotty Barnes, some players have an incredible sense of the lanes on the floor and Kyle Lowry. This is something that he was one of the best of well, and still is one of the best in the NBA doing, but recognizing who is occupying lanes and where those lanes end up. And Kyle Lowry, his playmaking out of these spots was so, so genius. And Scotty Barnes has a similar flair for occupying lanes opening lanes with his own movement, manipulating them with his dribble, all that stuff. His playmaking is a joy to watch, particularly when he tricks the cameraman and his teammates. Gary Trent Jr. thought he was getting the ball, as did the cameraman. Nope, up the court to Delano Banton and Fred Dunk. Delano Banton, I think, had three breakaway dunks, and that speaks to the way the Raptors are playing the Rockets in this one, just getting up on everything above the break, making everything difficult for them. And it, it was hell for the Rockets. They couldn't get anything easy. And maybe a really polished guard, like someone like Dane Lillard comes in and sees how aggressive the Raptors are above the break and starts seeing cracks and stuff to manipulate and stuff to take advantage of, perhaps. But against guards who aren't super polished, this look from the Raptors continues to be very, very potent. And Scotty Barnes, huge part of that. The playmaking, I think, was a big-time plus in this one. He had a mid-range jumper. And as far as the overall game, he looks every single inch of a top-five pick in an NBA draft. Svi and Delano, I think, 
for different reasons, continue to make cases for why they could factor into the rotation early on. If the Raptors are really diving into this youth movement thing, you give Delano rotation minutes. See what the hell happens because he's, you know, he's not like the most overwhelming positive on the floor every single moment he's out there, but he's had a successful enough track record playing in those funky long lineups that he fits the aesthetic and the aesthetic works against some teams. Delano seems like a guy who will be of use at the NBA level. Not to mention, there's that coast-to-coast playmaking aspect that he brings. And he's an opportunistic cutter on the offensive side of the floor. There are still massive holes in his games. Like, can he take a guy off the dribble? Not very often. And it's going to have to be a smaller guy. Otherwise, Delano is going to get bumped way off of his line. And he won't be able to finish at the basket, even if there isn't a guy coming over and help side. Is his dribble too high? Totally. But he is a just a very tantalizing prospect in that way that he's long, live, can point guys and direct traffic as a passer and has his head up to play make. And it's it's fun to watch, man, and has go-go gadget arms defensively and mucks it up all the time. Super fun. Svi, we're seeing those grapple cuts. I think I'm I'm coining this term, by the way. I haven't seen this used anywhere else. I've put pen to paper on it. It's out in the ether under my name, Samson Folk. A grapple cut, okay? It's when Svi Mihailuk, you know when guys grapple when they're moving through the middle of the floor and then you see guys go hands on the other guy's chest or hands on the other guy's shoulder and then they push off and burst into space, particularly in like split action, that happens a lot. Yeah, Svi, the grapple cut where he's grappling with the defender and then poof, just lightning into space, gets open for a layup or something like that, or gets into the middle of the floor, brings the help side over, and passes it to the weak side. He does that all the time. There was, admittedly, a bit of a diminishing return as far as that goes in this one, because Svi got into the middle of the floor quite a few times and perhaps had an opportunity to take it to the front of the rim, try and finish over a guy who was rotating. But, and this is something the Rockets picked up on, He's always trying to just spray that pass from in the paint out to the corner. And the Rockets, they were kind of sitting on that after a while. Only one guy rotated over. They know Svi was going to try and spray the ball to the corner, and they sat on it. In the future, do I hope Svi's adjustment comes a little bit faster? Maybe the guy in the dunker spot moves a little bit differently. Maybe Svi is a little bit more patient tries to draw other guys out so he can pass the guy in the dunker spot. Maybe he just takes it to the cup, tries to get to the free throw line. I don't know for certain. That's something I'd like to see, though, because the Rockets did pick up on it. But as far as a guy who's active defensively and can shoot the ball, probably is a better shooter than his percentages so far in his career suggest. Svi with another super fun game. Malachi Flynn, best game of the preseason. I feel bad for Malachi because he is a pick-and-roll player. Coming out of San Diego State, that was his bag, man. That was what he did. He was the best pick-and-roll player in the country at the collegiate level. That's how he got his offense. He knew all the counters out of it. If you hedge, he knew what he was going to do. If you drop, he knew what he was going to do. If you switch, he knew what he was going to do. He knew what he was looking for. He knew how to create three-on-twos after you play a certain way in the pick-and-roll if he passes it out to the side. 
He knew how to attack for his own shot. But he's not playing with any standout pick-and-roll partners. So defenses don't have to give up much to contain him either in that play type. That's put him in a position where if he's going to be worth it to have out there offensively, similar to Gary Trent Jr., he's and Malachi Flynn is not the shooter yet. Well, they're actually, I think Malachi Flynn is older, so I won't even say that. Malachi Flynn is not the shooter that Gary Trent Jr. is. So Malachi Flynn is walking a tightrope every single game where he can't create another pick and roll that he's just going to have to wiggle the hell out of his dribble, get into space, and the shot making is going to have to be very, very potent for him to be valuable on the floor offensively because he doesn't create that many advantages. So what's going to happen? He's going to have to hit tough shots. In this game, he hit a he hit a buzzer beater from half court. He had 12 point he had 15 points, but you take it with a buzzer beater. He had 12 points. 10 of it was really really difficult. Like the man, the shots he was making pulling up, body is fading away, contender is right there with their hand in his face, and you know Flynn has to change his release point a little bit to shoot a higher arc and it's just these crazy like Jay crossover Jamal Crawford type of mid-range pull-ups over contest that look incredibly hard and he's hitting them and like good for you Malachi that you hit those but when for him to get to 15 points it looked like he went through hell and to just obviously OG Ananobi is the better player but just to contrast that OG Ananobi has been sleepwalking his way to 15 plus points because he creates so many advantages because of his body type and his athleticism that you can see how repeatable that success is. Malachi's 15 points tonight looks like, God, how is he going to get to 15 again unless he's shooting the lights out? That's tough to see. I hope that somebody develops as a nice, you know, short roll roller option to play alongside Malachi. Otherwise, he's really probably going to struggle for minutes this year. But Remains to be seen. He had a good defensive game as well. We saw a bunch of Ish Wainwright. Defensively, he's a boss. He has been, you know, since Baylor, since his two years in Germany, since his one year in France, and now trying to punch up into the NBA. He had two triples. That's something he's worked on tirelessly to try and, you know, make himself valuable as an offensive player in the NBA. And it remains to be seen if he'll make the roster. But who knows? Champagny... I think has shown so much already through these first few games that tonight where they asked him just because of who was on the, he was on the floor with, he didn't get to play really an ancillary role. He was more so they looked at him like, can you create it all? The answer to that right now is not really whatsoever. He can't create much, but that's okay. He's, he's going to be a role player. If he's hanging around with the team, he's on a two way, They'll have 50 games, I believe. They'll have quite a while to decide on Champagne. So, yeah, it remains to be seen. But this game didn't pop for him, but that's perfectly fine because he he showed his stuff in the, uh, in the other games. David Johnson, really tough game for him. He's going to get lots of minutes doing combo guard stuff with the 905, but he looked like he was having a lot of trouble with the ball in his hands turned the ball over, indecisive, and couldn't shoot it tonight either. All that stuff, that's okay. But, man, three turnovers, no assists. 
and uh, yeah, didn't hit anything from the field. Tough game for uh, for Dave. Isak Bunga, pretty fun game, I think, as far as pushing and finding guys with the pass. He he has a funky but functional handle, and he provides a weird look, and he has very good on-ball defense. I think all that was represented in the film tonight from him. Decker, Reggie Perry, those guys didn't show much. Decker, you know, if you if you want Decker on this team, you're buying the numbers he put up in the Turkish Super League. It was like almost six attempts from downtown a game. He shot like 45%. In the playoffs there, I think he shot like 35%, but still on a pretty heavy dose. So if you buy the shot, if you think in the Turkish Super League that was real, then maybe you think Sam Decker adds a different asp- different look than a lot of the other guys who are similarly sized to him on the roster, and maybe you take a swing at it. We'll get probably a longer look at him tomorrow. Well, if you're listening to it, maybe today, if you're listening in the morning. But yeah, Reggie Perry also, uh, garbage man, buckets, that kind of stuff. Freddie Gillespie played less than four minutes, did not play. You know, it wasn't a very positive four minutes or anything like that. It's it's not going to turn around what's been happening until this point. He's had a really tough summer league, really tough preseason. and I, he's probably going to collect, you know, the contract will, you know, the partial guarantee will guarantee and he'll probably, his time with the Raptors will probably be over. But all that being said, man, the Raptors with a slew of super fun, super impressive and, you know, performances that would make you super optimistic about where the team is, what it's going to be. 107 to 92, just, Yeah. Hell of a game to watch. I enjoyed it immensely. Drake was on the broadcast. And, you know, Drake, Jack Armstrong, Matt Devlin are always going to have funny banter. It's always going to make it a little bit more worthwhile. So, and particularly if you're a huge fan of Drake, hearing him just kind of shoot the shit about your favorite basketball team as well. Super fun. It's cool that the Raptors are able to do something like that. Just bring him on the global ambassador. And so, yeah, cool stuff. Uh, Apparently he'll be back uh, for the... uh, the opener. So we'll see about that. Still no Reggie Evans award, but we'll do a quick reaction comment from moderate underscore observer quote, Jalen green had full points, seven turnovers, LOL. I guess he didn't expect defense in preseason. Welcome to Toronto ball End quote. Yeah. I, he probably did expect defense, but the, <laughs> that's the thing about the Raptors, particularly Jalen green. If you're going to try and run actions through Jalen Green and the side of the floor you're trying to run it on has OG Ananobi as his primary Fred Van Vliet as the guy who will be digging in and Scotty Barnes defending at the nail that's kind of just a no-go zone for the very best players in the league let alone Jalen Green who is you know a, a fantastic talent Raptors fans if he had been drafted the Raptors would be drooling over what he you know provides as an as an offensive hub he's a just a fantastic player and I think he'll be awesome in the league but to ask him to take advantage of OG Ananobi to the point where Fred's dig down means nothing or the advantage he creates gets a rotation and he has to try and outfox Scotty Barnes at the nail that's just so much to ask from a guy and obviously Rockets fans would have would have been super fun and would have liked it a lot. 
and four points and seven turnovers is really, really negative. Like, that's terrible. But it, it was a daunting task for him. Did he fail that task? Absolutely, he did. A, an opportunity to learn for Jalen Green, I suppose. But uh, Moderate Observer, thanks for writing in. You, listener, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. I certainly did. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.